0: Welcome to today's episode of Doing Good as we celebrate Leah Kennedy. This young lady is barely a teenager, yet she helps children, youth, and adults, as well as animals, through her volunteering. She lives up to one of her favorite quotes when Margaret Mead said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Thank you for uh, joining us today. We're so excited that you have agreed to be part of this podcast. If you could just introduce yourself and let the listeners out there know a little bit about who you are and what you're doing, just so they know a little bit about who they're going to be listening to over the next 20, 30 minutes. Sure. So my name is Leah Kennedy.
1: I am a high schooler and I'm a part of 4-H, Tennessee 4-H, and I love volunteering. I love getting to serve others and making other people's day.
0: I think you were already talking about your being a volunteer. If you could speak a little to that about 4-H and how you're involved, but also other areas that you're involved with as well, like with the city, county, because I think people, frankly, forget that youth are able to make such a big difference. And honestly, I think you can change the world. Yes. So I'm involved in an organization called 4-H, which
1: if you don't know what that is, it's a nonprofit youth organization. And we focus on making the best better and volunteering. And so we'll do different volunteer things all across the state and, and just serve students our age, even people that are older than us. And so that's really cool. I love getting to do that. You can see whenever you go to Tennessee 4-H events and stuff like that, whenever we have big group service projects and all that, you can really see that these youth really care about helping others and making our world better. And I think that's just an amazing thing. One big thing that makes me like who I am today, 4-H, especially FFA, Future Farmers of America. So it's an organization kind of like 4-H, but they focus a lot about agricultural education. And then I'm also help during the Williamson County Fair. And so I help in the barnyard or with the youth village or even help with the quilts and all the livestock shows. And so it's really important for me that I help in that so that I can better serve my community and that I can help spread agricultural
0: awareness. When you say spreading awareness of agriculture, what does that mean like to me? Because, you know, I buy most of my food at the grocery agriculture is in everyone's lives
1: no matter what you do you eat and so you're part of agriculture and just because you buy the food from the store and places like that it had to start somewhere on someone's farm and so I love being able to like, get out and teach kids that might not know exactly where their food comes from and why it's important and how cool it is to farm and learn about all these different things about like all the aspects of farming and agriculture. It is cool. What are what are some of the cool things that you've enjoyed? I know, one of my big things, especially whenever I work in the barnyard, it's really fun whenever like they have like the baby pigs or even the baby ducks or the baby goats and just getting to work with the little kids and tell them, oh, this is a baby pig or talk about the goats, too, or just the chickens. That's always it's so fun to see little kids faces light up whenever they get to see all these different animals that they may not have gotten the opportunity to see in person.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's just it's so fun. <laughs> it is fun. And I think that that is the coolest thing that you found that you light up about when you're talking about it. And that volunteering is fun and can be fun. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about, I'll say, the specifics of what you do as a volunteer?
1: So, like normally during the fair, if i I volunteer before, during, and after the fair. Mm. Um, and so, before the fair, I help set up. I help set up all the different exhibits that whenever you first come into the fair arena, you'll see all these different quilts and. Cakes and pies and jams and jellies, all those. I help take in entries. I help the judges place ribbons. So that's what I do before the fair. And then during the fair, I do multiple different roles. I can sometimes do floater shifts from where I'll go wherever help is needed. So if someone might need help in the livestock arena, helping with awarding ribbons to the kids in the arena competing. I'll help with that. Or if they need help judging jams or something like that, awarding ribbons for that, I'll help with that. And then after the fair, it's a lot of takedown. It's kind of sad because the fair is over, but it's also really nice to be able to help with that as well.
0: About how long have you been doing this? Because it sounds like you've done it more than once and it sounds like you keep going back for more. (laughs) Yes. So
1: I, pretty sure the first time I volunteered at like the fair was in fifth grade. I started learning more about 4-H and everything. And one of my 4-H agents at the time was Brenda Clarkson. She told me about how you can volunteer at the fair and how it's just such an amazing opportunity. I learned about an organiz- like a smaller organization within the fair called Junior Fair Board. And so it's kind of like a smaller or junior version of the actual fair board. And then through that, I got to learn about all these other opportunities from where I could help in the barnyard, but also help at like the little shooting range or helping the livestock barns or helping the youth village. So I've been doing this about six years, I think. If you go back to like fourth grade when I first started doing 4-H, I was like that little shy kid that... I would still talk out in class for stuff, but not as much as I am like today. So 4-H has just really helped me with my public speaking and even with my people skills, um, which helps me a lot whenever I'm having to speak in front of class or give presentations or um, teach other kids about a specific thing in school. And so that's really helped me a lot.
0: Well, then what is your like, where does your passion come from? Because you started so young. Yeah. So
1: whenever I was little, I told my mom, like in kindergarten or something, I wanted to be a farmer. But even though I bounced between like occupations that I wanted to do in elementary and middle school, I Mm -hmm. still had that like inside of me that I wanted to do something within the agricultural field. I just didn't know what it was. Sure. And so whenever I first started volunteering, I learned how I could be teaching all these other kids my age, older or even younger kids how important agriculture is. And it just, I guess,
0: just lit a spark in me. Are your parents involved in agriculture? Like, how were you exposed originally at that young of an age?
1: So we kind of live on like a smaller farm. We live on about 17 acres. But my mom, they grew tobacco whenever she was little. And my dad, they always had livestock. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of grew up around it and learning about it. Um, and learn about like all the tractors that you use and hay and we we have a hay field too so we we kind of grow that that's
0: kind of like what our farm does okay so I must admit you know how like news people have to admit when their company owns something and they're reporting out so I too was a member of 4-H or volunteer. Really? yes did I oh I did never tell you that yes I don't think you did yes I oh my gosh I was so into, I mean, like I didn't get to do this cool stuff, like hands-on in the field type things. So I just think that it's a really cool opportunity you're taking advantage of. I'm thinking that a lot of people out there outside of Tennessee or outside of Williamson County might be interested in finding out more either about these organizations or others like them. So How can they do that? Like, what would they search for online? So if you want to get involved in
1: 4-H, you can look up whatever state you're in or whatever county you're in and look up Tennessee 4-H or Wyoming 4-H or even if you're in Tennessee, you can look up Coffee County or Williamson County 4-H and it'll take you straight to the Extension website. And ours is through UT Extension. And when You'll you say ha- UT Extension, that means University of Tennessee? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You have an extension office in each county. At least that's how Tennessee does it. With FFA, you can look up National FFA, and that'll give you a lot of information about how to join. I know at our school, you have to be taking a agricultural program. So ag- agri-science, greenhouse management, turf management. But I mean, that all varies, but you have to be taking some type of agricultural class to be involved in the chapter of FFA. And a lot of schools have different chapters. So whereas 4-H is a lot of county-based and state-based, FFA is state-based and nationally based, but it goes by chapters. So each chapter is usually in like a school or two schools will share a chapter. So you can get in touch with National FFA, or you can contact your state's FFA branch.
0: As a high schooler, what would you suggest for other high schoolers out there, or even middle school or elementary school students who are wanting to make a difference, whether it's in agriculture or not? Like, Are there any tips or advice that you would give them? I definitely recommend you
1: getting out and talking to other kids that might be involved in something Um, that are in middle school or high school that you know that might be in your neighborhood or might live down the same street and get more information from them and have their parents talk to your parents about it and just find out information through them. Join an organization that's for something that means a lot to you, whether it's HOSA, TSA, um, FFA, 4-H, whatever it is, join something that means something to you and that you want to make a difference in. And then also, don't be afraid to get out there.
0: Love that. That's very helpful. And I think parents like to get involved and help out when they can. But say that they don't know, maybe they're brand new to the area. You know, they don't know people yet. Do you think, like, so for an an elementary school student or a junior high age person is going to a teacher that they like or maybe a counselor at school, is that a fair place to start? Definitely. I feel like if you have a teacher that
1: you're comfortable talking to about what organization to help with, or even your school counselor, um, they should be able to help you find that organization and get more information about it and be able to contact them and learn how to join and what's
0: it all about and everything. That sounds really good. I think a lot of children have the capacity to make a big difference, but they're not given the opportunity to, or they're, or like, they're not. Um, there is no opportunity per se.
1: I know like 4-H, fourth grade and up is what you have to be, but they have something called Clover Buds. And if you want to learn more about 4-H and even if you're like first grade or younger up until third grade, even if you want to still want to join that organization or any other organization just find out a lot about it and find out what their organization is passionate
0: for well I have a question for you could you tell me more about this chicken judging that you do because never in a million years would I know what would be judged or how yes so through chicken judging well for
1: 4-H you judge a live bird which you look at her past egg production and look at around how many eggs she's laid and kind of you have four birds in front of you and you grade them from best egg production to the worst. And whenever I say worst, I don't mean like they're bad egg layers. I just mean that they could be younger and haven't had, had laid as much eggs as some of the older birds or they could be going through mold, which is kind of what the, they don't really lay that many eggs or none at all whenever they go through molt, because it's kind of like, I guess you could say, kind of like a spa day for themselves. So they start replenishing feathers and
0: so uh, they're not like necessarily judged on beauty and fluffiness of their feathers or color no. or anything. No, actually <laughs> most of the time whenever they have the rattiest,
1: most matted down feathers, you can think of it as being in a stick shift car. They only have forwards and backwards. And forwards is going into egg production. And whenever they're doing that, they're not taking care of any of their feathers. All their calcium and everything are going to that egg. And so the feet get bleached, their eye rings, their beaks, their cones. Once they start getting to where they need calcium again, they'll switch it back into molt. So they'll start losing all those bad feathers and replenishing them with new ones. And you'll see like they regain pigment in all their feet and their skin and everything like that so wow. we judge live birds and then we judge broken out eggs we candle eggs we judge meat production so kind of like the carcasses and what you would buy in a store if you buy a whole chicken
0: interesting you also are interested in using this to help you in your future in the bi- agricultural business so how do you foresee your knowledge of this being able to help you in your career long term? So I definitely feel like the
1: experiences I'm learning throughout these organizations are helping me a lot especially like poultry judging or livestock judging or anything like that. Um, I feel like whenever you go into like agribusiness or agricultural marketing or even agricultural engineering you kind of need to know like the problems of agriculture or even how a farm works or just like what goes on in agriculture and what happens, and how you can make these farmers' lives easier. And so that's how I plan on using it in my future, whether it's using it to improve certain like tractors or um, designing feedbacks that are easier to read for farmers. I feel like these experiences will help me in that way, if that makes sense.
0: It does. You'd also talked about other judging that you do for the county fairs. In dairy judging, you look at cows and heifers that
1: will be in the dairy industry and their bread, their dairy cows. And so whenever you look at those, you don't always look for the prettiest cow, kind of like in poultry. You look for almost like the skinniest cow. You do. <laughs> that sounds a little... Well, Dairy cows are designed to have more of like a slender, like you're supposed to look for the pin bones, which are in the back where like their legs are. And so you want to look for like a good rib capacity and stuff like that, especially in heifers that haven't had calves yet. You want to look at their spring capacity to make sure they would be able to have calves in a healthy manner. And then with the cows that have had young, you'll look at them and how the udders and everything are shaped and if they're in line or if they're um, angled in or out. And so you look at that mainly to see if they have another calf, how the calf could like feed off of them, or if you will need to like bottle feed them and et cetera, et cetera.
0: So do you do this just for Williamson County, or do you do this for other counties as well? Or is it like, do you do it more than once a year? So with 4-H, there's usually two
1: big competitions, the regional competition and the state competition. Those are usually like the two that most people will attend their regional competition because that's how you qualify to state. I'm not for sure if Gary Judging has it, but I know like consumer, de- like other judging such as consumer decision-making and I think livestock judging as well, but they have nationals. So as long as you win state, you get to go to nationals. I know for poultry judging, we prepare- start preparing in like August and our competition is in like October, November um, for regionals. And then if we place there, I'm- I want to say state is in December, or January, around that time. Um, that's usually how it normally is but so usually there's only like two big competitions that you plan to go to well technically three if you want to go to nationals but you have to win state to do that first
0: Mm -hmm. per year per year yes so leah um you are you were saying before that you're a high schooler and you're obviously actively involved you're in school whether (laughs) now during covid sometimes that's remote I'm sure. And sometimes that's in person, but you're in school that keeps you busy enough. And then you're doing this volunteering stuff. Are you able to, I'll say, have a life and enjoy friends outside of that? Or how do you like budget your time? Definitely. So
1: I actually compete in sports at school. I'm on our track team and through 4-H, I do many different things, which has brought me lifelong friends. Um, such as i'm on tennessee performing arts troop i'm on state council which is an amazing opportunity and i get to meet kids that we all represent the state of tennessee but they're from anywhere from like bristol jackson um chattanooga just all across the state and so whenever i do get to hang out with my friends in 4-h or even outside of 4-h it's so fun um And I've learned, I've learned how to manage my time because whenever I, especially whenever I first started high school, and I started doing all the different sports and doing 4-H, it kicked up more. I started doing more. I didn't really know how to manage my time. I got to where it was just overwhelming at first. And then I realized if I do all my homework and get it done, I can go to 4-H and have an amazing time, hang out with my friends And then whenever track season starts up, I can finish my homework during my study hall, do track, and then go to 4-H. And so I've learned definitely how to manage my time, which will help me in the future. But I'm still working on that. I'm still not the best at it. Um, I've never been the best because I'm a big procrastinator sometimes whenever it comes to schoolwork. But other than that, it's helped me a lot.
0: So, Leah, are there parting thoughts for students whether elementary junior high or high school that you could give to encourage them or inspire them to volunteer definitely
1: i think if you wanna if you have a passion in whatever you're doing whether it's a medical field or agriculture or fashion or whatever you want to do and especially if you want to volunteer and help out at the fairs or at big competitions or even at conventions do not be afraid to go out and do it. Um, Just don't be scared to put yourself out
0: there and don't be afraid to show people who you really are. That's one of my big things. And Leah, do you happen to have parting thoughts for any parents out there of these fabulous children who are wanting to get out there and make a difference?
1: I would just have to say to the parents, If your child feels like they're very passionate in a certain field um, and just is gravitating to it every way, shape and form, don't be afraid to let them try it out and let them grow on their knowledge in that field and let them do all these different opportunities that they might not be able to do. One
0: thing that I've noticed is that, yes, you were brought up in a family and exposed to farming early on however what you're going into is such a different world than what you were brought up in yeah exactly
1: and I even know kids you don't have to live on a farm to be involved in agriculture
0: no Um, I know kids
1: who live in Nashville Chattanooga and they can be they're the best livestock judges they're the best horse judges they're the best at poultry like they are not amazing these cityside yeah. urban
0: children are good at yeah,
1: judging so you, cows. You don't have to live on a hundred-acre farm, or you don't have to live in the middle of nowhere to advocate for agriculture and learn more about it. But like if you have a passion for it, no matter where you live, you're able to advocate and learn more about it. Even though it might be different for where you live, whether you live in Alaska, California. It all just goes back to one thing, and that's your passion for agriculture. So I feel like that's an important thing for kids and parents and adults of all kinds to know.
0: Well said. And every age person should listen. I agree. I absolutely agree. But I love the fact that it it takes you as a young person to tell me that for it to sink in. I'm so glad to have gotten to talk with you today and gotten to find out more about your passion of agriculture and just frankly yourself and who you are. And yeah, I'm so glad to get to talk with you.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me and letting me do this. This was an amazing opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to the Doing Good Podcast. Together, we are celebrating those who do good. Would you like to nominate someone to be featured on the podcast? Visit the Doing Good website at www.doinggood.tv.